Hey guys, Cody here just reminding you that the best wrestlers in the world are coming to Iowa for the UWW World Cup at Extreme Arena in Coralville this December 10th and 11th. This one-of-a-kind dual-style competition features the world's very best men's and women's freestyle wrestlers repping their home countries and going head-to-head to decide who is the best wrestling country on the planet. You'll get to see Team USA's biggest wrestling stars like Jordan Burroughs, Kyle Snyder, Tamara Mensah-Stock, Helen Naroulis, so many more. There's no better time than now to be a USA wrestling fan, and there's no better time than now to get your tickets. Be sure to go to worldcupcoralville.com. I put links in the show notes so that you guys can get all the information you need. You're not going to want to miss this. One more time, get your tickets at worldcupcoralville.com. Number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I'm going to put a plug in because we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telfer, I'm the baddest man on the planet. What's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In The Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I'm glad you're here. Happy Saturday, October 29th, or maybe even Sunday or Monday, if that's when you're tuning into this show. Got another podcast for you guys, recapping Iowa Wrestling Team's Media Day, which was held on Thursday in Iowa City. Just like the other Media Day recap pods, uh, got a combination of lineup thoughts, big picture takeaways, plus some interviews from the action to share with you guys today. But I think we're going to start today's show with Tom Brand's press conference. Now in his 17th year as Iowa's head wrestling coach. Tom's season opening presser was entertaining as always and in some areas maybe a little enlightening um, at least it, it pertains to his team for the upcoming season. Talked uh, for about 20 minutes about Spencer Lee, Real Woods, uh, the transfer portal, short update on the new wrestling facility plus a handful of lineup battles that he touched on as the Hawkeyes enter the 22-23 campaign. We'll start here and then on the other side I'll run through some lineup thoughts. Um, we'll get to some quick takeaways and things that I have or thoughts that I have I guess about this year's Iowa wrestling team and then we'll hit some more interviews to round out today's show so let's hop to it start with Tom and I'll see you guys in a minute yes there will be a transcript so speak up with questions I read those transcripts man I gotta like talk like slower you know more like a robot then people could really get something out of those transcripts because you get going and you talk too fast, and the transcript kind of gets confusing. Hamilton, what are you smiling at? It's great to see awesome people here, that's for sure. Every year it's a big reunion here for this, this media day. I don't really have an opening statement. I know uh, for the first time in my coaching career, and even dating back to when I was an assistant with Gable and, and uh, uh, Jim Zaleski, um, the way that last season, the path and things that happened that were unfortunate, um, we have to put our best team on the mat. We have to be able to put our best wrestlers on the mat. If we can do that, we like where we're at. That's my opening statement. So, uh, Tom, can I just talk to ask you about Spencer Lee and how is he? But in addition to that, do you have a word or a phrase to describe his journey at Iowa? Uh, he's resilient, and he is incredibly um, focused on the next thing to get himself on the mat. He's never wavered from that mission. 
Um, that's a great testament, and you can say great, incredible, tremendous. You can say all those adjectives over and over and over again. The bottom line about him is, is he's never wavered in his quest to be the best wrestler on the planet, and that's still the case. And it's funny because a lot of, um, and when I say it's funny, it's not funny. It's, 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 it's unique because a lot of um, civilians don't understand like that quest and he's never wavered from it. And what I mean by that is there's so much like turmoil and um, there's so much adversity that you have to overcome and then he overcomes it just with his frame of mind, his mindset and how he marches. And I remember one of the first things that I remember that was unique about this guy was when um, he came to campus and we were talking about how he drives. He says, I drive slow. I, I drive really slow, and the reason why is because I don't want to get in an accident because if I get in an accident, I might get hurt, and then I can't wrestle. And that's as plain as it gets right there. Wrestling is everything to this guy. And so he's never wavered from his quest to be the best wrestler on the planet. What a tribute. What a tribute. How'd that mindset get built? I think, first of all, you give it to give credit to Larry and Kathy Lee. You, you know the story of his mom. Um, as a competitor, you know the story of his dad as a coach in judo, um, that, and then the fact that, you know, you got to have something built into you um, that's just a little bit different gear. And, you know, you, you, you get asked about Spencer Lee a lot, so over six years, it's like, you know, what can you say that's, that's unique or whatever? And then you come up with something maybe that's a little bit um, not redundant. And, and then, like I've said it three or four times in the last week, you know, I just, I was speaking across town today. I was in Davenport, you know, two or three weeks ago and twice. And, and, you, and, then you, and the thing is, is, he's got this little gear in him that is just a ferocious and a ferociously competitive gear. And there's probably a little bit of fear built into this guy where, you know, he doesn't want to give the naysayers uh, any foothold. He wants to prove them wrong. And you know what? For his opponents, payback is, 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 is a bitch. You know what I mean? I mean, payback is tough because he's coming. And he's so humble, and he'll take time for autographs and conversation with all the fans. Uh, but make, make, make no mistake about who he is as a competitor. Were his knees or his injuries ever too bad that you were wondering whether he'd come back at all? I think that's always the case. And, and, and the thing is, that's his decision. And what I mean by that, the medical team is phenomenal. You can't give Robbie Westerman and Jesse Donenworth enough credit. Um, but at the same time, there's got to be a can-do attitude in there. It's just a testament to his upbringing. Where does that mentality come from? It starts with his parents, and then he, he, is, he is determined. And the thing is, it's like, is, he, is it make or break? And he's right on the, the cliff, and we're, we're not there. He's going. I mean, he's going. There's progress. So he'll be on the mat. Yeah, how do you make that decision on when to insert him into the lineup? I think it's like anything else with anything, even when you make your, your macro schedule, um, when you make the University of Iowa wrestling schedule, the right blend, you know, the Big Ten, we don't, um, control as much, but the right blend of competition, the right blend, the right date. Um, and with him, and, and actually that's the case with any individual. It's got to be the right blend. That's a good word. 
I, I also want to ask you about Real Woods come here. A lot of programs are bringing in new guys. When you recruit someone, you take a long time to get to know them that well. The way the system is it now, are, do you have enough time to study someone like Real before he comes in? Did you know his story before he went out? You know, that type of thing? When you, when you say what I'm saying, you bring in, is, or is it more of a gamble now? We watched him in our wrestling room at a, um, a developmental camp, um, and he was the real deal. Uh, we tried to recruit him. He was going to Stanford. Um, that's the reason why he moved from his home, if you follow that Flow Wrestling docu documentary. Um, bright kid. Um, he's about all the right things. Um, sacrifice, the family sacrifices, sends him to, to Montini Catholic in Chicago. And then um, Stanford drops a program. And, you know, we had a guy named Jaden Ironman, so we're not recruiting him when they drop the program. Well, they reinstate the program, he stays at Stanford. And then after that year, he decides to transfer, um, third time's a charm. So we looked at him, you know, initially, he chose Stanford, and then when they dropped the program, he was in the portal. Um, so we, yeah, we, we got, we don't have the resources. We got Ironman coming back. And then when he decided to enter the portal again, um, we recruited him for the third time or had, or had our third opportunity. And when you identify someone in the portal, you're going to really look at someone if you really already know the story, right? It's not about the portal. It's not about the story. We already did our homework with him. Um, you obviously know, um, the, the makeup and the background of, of these guys. It's a small world, especially the, the higher the level you go. Um, this isn't a, this, this, how I look at the rules, not whether or not I agree with them or whether or not the portal's good or bad or do we know somebody in the portal. Um, it's the rules and we operate in the framework of them and that's how we do it. And with Rio Woods' situation, it was a, a no-brainer. And there were, there were people that were, uh, when I say people, there were other programs that were after him hard and I'm not sure. I think he was interested, but I think uh, myself and Morningstar flew out and saw him and I think it was time to be a Hawkeye. If I could speak for him, but you can ask him. He'll be downstairs in a little bit here. What has he added to your room from the time he's been here? He is a very confident man. Um, he marches to the beat of a little bit different drummer, which is awesome and okay with us. We love it. We love it. He's got great energy. Um, and the other thing is, is he's a direct guy. And that's a great, refreshing thing. Um, student athletes have all the power nowadays, and he doesn't act like it. And so as a transfer especially, you could come in, you know, like that, and he's, he's not like that. He's, he, he wants to win, and that's a broad definition, winning. That's team and himself, and he wants to develop and get better so his future internationally is that's, he has his eye on the future. So um, that's what he's about. He's about all the same things that we're about. Tom, when did you realize that? What does he do successfully? Or what makes him a successful wrestler? Uh, I mean, he's, he can wrestle top, bottom, and neutral. And um, he's, he's the, the entire package. He's a, probably an athletic, explosive guy. You could classify him as that. Uh, but I wouldn't make the mistake of pigeonholing him. That's just a fast twitch explosive athlete because he can, he can wrestle in a lot of different positions. When did you realize that 
utilizing the transfer portal? Because you guys have had some success there. Um, would be a huge part of building the program. Uh, you're asking a question about the portal again. The portal is the world we live in, and we operate in that framework. I mean, that, that, that's how we operate. When the portal wasn't there and you had to wait to get a written whatever, you can talk to them, but they're not released to come to your school. So we'd talk to them, and then maybe after enough gamesmanship, then they would be released to come to your school, and then they'd be released to come to your school. You know, that's we operated in that framework. So here we are with the portal, and we operate in the framework of those rules. Three guys or seven guys in the program. You won three titles. Uh, no one's won four. Um, how hard is it to? How much of a career accomplishment, uh, or how difficult is it to to actually get four? I four think guys that have ever done it. Going to four, the approach was right from the very beginning for Spencer um, because he said it. And when he won his first one, I think maybe the question in the media room at the national tournament went to four, and he said, "I'm after the next one." And that's been his marching orders to himself uh, since the first one. And he's definitely wrestling for posterity, for history, but it's the next one. Coach Patrick Kennedy's been in the room for quite a while, and now he's going to probably see more extensive time on the mat. What excites you about that, and how much better has he gotten since he's been here? He adds to our lineup very well. You saw uh, all of our All-Americans, many, many of them um, graduated, and he gets his turn now. And that's the awesome thing about college athletics. It's, it's quick. You get, you get five years to wrestle four, and, and then it's the next group in, and that's why it's so refreshingly fun and why the fans are so engaged. He, he is a fan favorite now, but, um, you know, make bold predictions, which I'm not in the habit of doing. Um, I think that the fans will gravitate toward him and his style. He's well-spoken. Um, he's um, direct, but he's also a hard, hard worker, a very physical wrestler, and he lives the right lifestyle. Total package. Total package. Uh, Tom, the new facility is being built over here. It'll be done a year from now. Could you talk about not just the future of where your program is going to be with that coming up, but just for wrestling in whole? Will we see more programs doing what you're doing here with this new practice? I don't facility? know. I don't know if our mission was to try to keep up. I know it was time, and our administration is awesome. Um, they listened, and they listened hard, and then they were full partners, and um, it was a labor of love for everybody, and everybody was up for it. So here we are. It's going up. Um, we got to keep making progress in every other way. Um, it is a big deal. Um, to me, uh, facilities and media day stuff is great fanfare um, as it's going up and you see it. When we move into that facility, it will be the flow is going to be great. It will be the finest wrestling facility on the planet of its kind. And we're excited about that. Right now, it's just a really good conversation piece. And I'm going to tell you something. I'll throw out a shout out to McComas Lucina Construction, um, an Iowa company that won the bid and phenomenal, phenomenal people. Tom, I'm curious with the seniors, uh, I guess Max and Tony, for example, 
Like they know they're some of the best in the world, but they place, you know, third, second, fifth at the national championships. Like the top one percent are just getting that much better. What's the key to them not getting restless and continuing to improve year after year at a continual rate? Well, I guess the funny thing about anything in life is, is if you're not the best, then you're not the best. And when you're on that mission, um, doesn't mean that if I don't accomplish what I'm after, there's not satisfaction. And satisfaction can come in a lot of different ways. I mean, a, a carrot dangled in front of you can be, uh, 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 I want to say a drug. It can be a catalyst. And it can keep you going, and it's addictive. Um, and when you don't accomplish what you set out to accomplish as a competitor, you know, there's two responses. And anything from, um, you know, not caring and kind of not caring to just quitting is the same. Um, and that's one response. And then the other response is to keep fighting for what I know is going to be mine. And that quest is what the, where the value is. That's what's most important. Um, and you, you didn't mention Warner. You said Mirren and Cassiope, but Mirren, Warner, Cassiope, Spencer, um, you know, they, they're, they're seniors. So good, good question. Good question. How would you assess battles at 33, 57, 74 at this point? Uh, 33, three guys there. Teske transferred, Shriver, Ibarra. Um, no prediction. 57, I think we're in good hands with all those. It's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, 57, um, Seabrick, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Reyna and Rachi, and, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, Joe Kelly's certified there. Um, you know, that's interesting and exciting. And 74, you know, you got Swafford and Brands and um, both Iowa products. Um, exciting. That's exciting. How would I assess it? I'd assess it as being incredibly exciting. Um, with this freshman class, can you talk just a little bit about the opportunity to <coughs> test them in a, in a situation and not have to burn a red shirt? Great rule. Awesome. NCAA. Um, got it right, in my opinion. Again, um, I didn't have any say in it. It showed up in my email or whatever. Lila Cleary communicated to me. And um, great rule. So we will use the rule. Love it. Does Anthony Cassiope still make you smile? He makes me smile. He makes a lot of people smile. And, you know, he came back from that tournament recently, the U23 Worlds, and he's probably, you know, knowing him, he doesn't dwell on things, but, you know, he maybe left one that got away from him a little bit there. You know, what do you mean? The score was lopsided. Yeah, well, we'll wrestle that 99 more times. And you know what? That's, that's what we're, where we got to get better because you got to be 100 for 100. You got to be 100 for 100. Just that simple. Love you. Love our guys. Thanks. We'll see you downstairs. Appreciate it.
Great stuff there from Tom. Always entertaining. Um, a little insightful as it pertains to some of the lineup battles that he mentioned specifically, and we'll touch on that um, here in just a moment. Um, but, hey, always really good stuff there from Tom. Really, really enjoyed the, I uh, believe it was the quote about dangling a carrot in front of you and how that can be a catalyst for a, you know, a competitive addiction, right? Um, Tom's always super insightful when he you know talks big picture stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you, you read a lot of these quotes, you know, inspirational quotes, I suppose or, um, you know, frame of minds that a lot of these coaches discuss when they're, you know, talking in interviews about their program, about their team, about the journey, right? Um, That's kind of what this quote was about, right? A carrot dangled in front of you can be a catalyst and it can keep you going and it's addictive when you don't accomplish what you set out to accomplish as a competitor either. There's either one of, there's one of two responses. Anything from not caring to kind of not caring is just quitting and that's all the same. That's one response. The other response obviously is to make changes and go after what you want. Um, so really appreciated that from Tom. That was awesome. Going to go through the lineup now. And it's an interesting Iowa wrestling lineup this year because, um, you know, there's a lot of returning experience here, right? And a lot of returning um, credentialed wrestlers, um, Spencer Lee, Tony Cassiope, Jacob Warner, right? Um, you know, there's other returners who, you know, I think there's an expectation here that maybe they need to take a step forward, right? Max Murin, Abasad, um, you know, Nelson Brands, um, you know, there's certain exciting new faces, right? Real Woods in from Stanford, Patrick Kennedy, who has been behind Alex Marinelli the last couple of years. And then obviously the couple of lineup battles, those unknowns, um, you know, we'll kind of see what ultimately comes of those um so yeah let's just let's dive into it now the iowa wrestling lineup this year as i see it right um you know uh we'll just run down the list 125 pounds duh spencer lee um back again double acl surgery last january three-time ncaa champion trying to join a very short list of four-time division one ncaa wrestling champions him and cornell's yanni diakamahalas both um, so hopeful that maybe those guys get some extra pub this year just because it's, it's, it's a really unique and cool dueling chase for history, right? Just what those two have been able to do over the course of their careers and setting themselves up for, you know, um, you know spectacular senior seasons if they can help it. Um, the interesting thing, I think, about 125 is that there's really not a lot of depth behind Spencer. Um, so it looks like they're really kind of banking on, um, you know, him being healthy, him being ready to go. Um, you know, because behind him, there's, you know, Charles Matthews is listed at both 25 and 33. Um, you know, maybe he's the guy to spell them. But then there's also uh, Drake Ayala, who got the nod last year, ended up getting hurt, still qualified for the NCAA championships. Um, he the plan for him this year is to redshirt so that he can preserve his next three seasons. Um, and I know that there's, you know, we'll touch on this a little bit. Um, and we kind of have already in previous podcasts that the redshirt rule, right, where, you know, true freshmen can get. Um, you know, five dates and it doesn't count against their red shirt. That will not apply to Drake this year because he's a sophomore. It's his second year. He's not a true freshman. Um, so he's going to be in red shirt all year. So kind of curious to see one, how he looks two, um, what kind of competitions he goes to. And, um, you know, three, if Spencer needs maybe a night off or, or maybe we don't see him immediately, um, for the Hawkeyes this season, you know, is, is Charles Matthews going to be the guy? D- does Jesse Bar- Yabara stay at 125 or kind of hover around 125? So, you know, maybe he gets his name called in, in some of those situations. I don't know. Um, you know, obviously it's very exciting for, um, the team as a whole to have a guy like Spencer back, right? Because he, he injects a lot of energy into the lineup. He, um, obviously scores a ton of bonus points. 
um, you know, and that's going to help the team at large, especially when we get to March. Um, but just, you know, on the, on the off chance that he may not wrestle every single time out, who goes? Um, that's maybe um, just something a little quiet and small to monitor. 133, this is one of the lineup battles that Tom alluded to. Um, three guys here that he listed, Colin Schriever, um, who is a sophomore, third-year sophomore. Um, he got a little bit of run last year. He's wrestled, uh, done the freestyle thing on and off over the course of his Iowa career, so we know a little bit about him. He's from Mason City, so those of you who have been following Iowa high school wrestling know quite a bit about Colin Schriever. There's also Brody Teske. Uh, he's a junior, transferred in from Northern Iowa after wrestling at 125. Now he's up at 133 in the mix here. And then uh, Tom also listed Jesse Ibarra, who's been at 25 the last couple years. Now he's up at 133 and the third man in this mix. Um, a lot of intrigue here. Um, I tend to lean into the idea that it's probably Colin's spot until proven otherwise. Um, and I think, you know, I, there's a lot of, you know, other people that maybe agree with me. Colin is currently ranked 15th at 133 on Intermat. Um, and the other thing, too, that, you know, just thinking about the big picture you know, what is this lineup battle really going to look like? You know, Brody Teske and Jesse Ibarra have both spent their careers at 25. So it's not always as seamless as, oh, we're just going to bump up a weight and plug into the next weight and see what happens. Um, I kind of have to see it, right? I kind of have to see what Brody looks like at 33. I kind of have to see what Ibarra looks like at 33. Um, And I guess until I see something that prompts me to think otherwise, um, I'll give Colin Schriever the early nod here to start at 133. 141, Real Woods. Um, one of those exciting new guys that I know a lot of you guys are, are really eager to see compete. Returning All-American, um, wrestled the last few years at Stanford, 42-8 and eight career record, three-time NCAA qualifier, two-time Pac-12 champ. Um, you know, and he begins the season ranked second by Intermat. So he's in, you know, an immediate title contender at a weight that is, um, you know, in, from my point of view, pretty wide open this season. So excited to kind of see him strap on the uh, the all-black Iowa singlet and see what he can do this year. Behind him, there's Drew Bennett and Leif Schroeder. Um, I know Drew got a little bit of run last year at 141 while um, you know Ironman was dealing with a few things during a handful of Big Ten duels. Um, so we'll see if Leif Schroeder, who was redshirting last year, can maybe push to uh, you know earn the primary backup spot, I suppose, at 41. 149, Max Mirren is back, six-year senior, um, you know, four-time NCAA qualifier. In the three trips that he's actually competed at the NCAA tournament, um, he's gotten to the blood round, right? So he's always been one win away from being an All-American. Um, and I think for Iowa to uh, achieve the goals that they want to achieve this season, uh, Max really needs to take that step forward. Um, all indications suggest that he's going to be right there again this year. I believe he begins the season ranked eighth by Intermat. Um, so it's nice to kind of have a tried and true veteran there um, in the middle of the lineup. 157. Another weight that Tom penciled in as, you know, hey, this is going to be an interesting lineup battle, right? And he listed four guys here, um, which was interesting to me because I always assumed that there was going to be three. Um, the three guys that I figured would be here, Kobe Siebrecht, uh, Brettley Reyna, Caleb Rachi, and then the fourth guy that Tom mentioned, Joe Kelly, who's coming down from 165 to Russell here at 57, uh, while Siebrecht, Reyna, and Rachi all up from 49. Um, that dynamic kind of makes this even more interesting. I think it's already super interesting just because it's like, okay, who's, who's going to be the dude here? Um, you know, I, I personally, I have no early indication as to who I think is the front runner, right? I think you can make pretty strong cases for a guy like Brett Lee Reyna, who, you know, during the COVID season, 
Um, Tom threw him into the starting lineup for a couple of matches. I believe he lost them both, but um, you know that maybe gives you an early indication of, of how Tom feels about him, even as a freshman. Now he's now he's a redshirt sophomore, um, so we'll kind of see what that means for him moving forward. I think there's a case for Kobe Seabrecht because while Max Murin was dealing with some health issues early last season, Kobe got the nod. Um, you know, we got to see him wrestle against guys like Tariq Wilson, and he, he looked pretty good. Um, you know, or at least I thought he did. You know, I know he, he lost to him. He lost to uh, OG from Army West Point when they came to Iowa City. Um, so there's, you know, there, there's some stuff there from Kobe Seabrick that maybe gives you a little bit of, uh, um, you know, confidence if he ends up being the guy there. Um, you know, a little bit unknown with Caleb Rachi. I know that those of you who, again, follow Iowa high school wrestling know all about this guy. Four-time state finalist, two-time state champ from Ankeny. Um, multiple-time um, freestyle All-American. believe he made both the cadet and junior national finals. Um, so freak athlete. Um, I kind of always thought that 49 would be kind of the perfect weight for him, but he said he feels pretty good up at 57. Um, was able to talk to him briefly after media day. Um, it's kind of right around his natural weight, so he probably won't be, uh, um, you know, the weight cut won't be hard, but that also makes you wonder, okay, size-wise, how's he going to look at 57? Um, same thing with uh, Seabrecht and Reyna. I know Kobe Seabrecht during the uh, spring and summer wrestled at the U23 National Championships and took fourth while wrestling 70 kilos. That translates to about 154 pounds, so maybe that size will help him a little bit. Um, I could keep going on and on about this particular weight, but I really, guys, I have no earthly idea who probably has... Um, you know, the inside track to maybe being the early season starter. Um, your guess is as good as mine, but I guess that's probably what makes a lot of this super interesting. Um, so yeah, that's, that's 157, just a super interesting weight and a very, I think, important subplot to Iowa season at large. 165, Patrick Kennedy. Um, it's the PK era, guys. Um, he's third year in the program, um, and it seems like it's been a really long time. Um, and I think a lot of people have maybe been waiting for Patrick Kennedy to finally break into the Iowa lineup, um, you know, because he committed. If you think about this, he committed after his sophomore year of high school. So this is a guy that Iowa wrestling fans have really been waiting on for a long time. And he had to kind of bide his time a little bit behind Alex Marinelli. Um, I know he wrestled Marinelli last year at the Luther Open in the finals. They both revealed to us then that that was kind of a wrestle off a little bit. Um, Marinelli ultimately won, so Kennedy stayed in redshirt last year. Still, still did very, very well um, in two years as a you know two years in the program. You know the COVID year that didn't count against his eligibility, and then last year as a redshirt, 19 and four. Um, a lot of really, really good wins. He begins the season ranked 15th uh, by Intermat, which I think is probably a fair uh, rating to start with. But I wouldn't be shocked to see him climb those poles relatively quickly once he gets some high-profile wins under his belt. So 165, Patrick Kennedy going to be the dude there. Um, um, and I think a lot of you guys should be fairly excited about what uh, what you're going to get there um, after four, you know, four or five spectacular years from Alex Marinelli, who finished as a three time All-American. Um, Kennedy's got that same capability um, and just really excited to finally see him get this chance. 174, um, the third and final uh lineup battle that Tom alluded to in his press conference, as you guys heard. Um, he mentioned Nelson Brands and Brendan Swafford, two Iowa products, which is really, really cool, right? Uh, Nelson Brands, originally from Iowa City West, Brendan Swafford from Minneapolis. Swafford transferred in after winning a couple of NAIA national titles at Graceland. Um, I'm of the belief that it's probably Nelson's spot. Um, that said, Nelson has told me that um, you know he's probably going to miss the first month or so of the season as he continues to, um, you know, 
returned to full health after uh, he did get in a motorcycle crash in the preseason. Um, but it was just he, he had surgery. It was nothing super major. Um, all indications suggest that he's probably going to be back by December. Um, so in the meantime, you're going to have Brendan Swafford, who has made steady strides since joining the Iowa wrestling room. He's going to kind of get his opportunity to show what he's got, right? So if Swafford able, is able to you know put forth an impressive performance during the f- opportunities that he gets early in the season, um, does that make this an intriguing wait to follow when we get to the midpoint of the season and Nelson comes back healthy? Just something to maybe keep an eye on a little bit, right? I think Nelson will ultimately prevail. He's got a little bit more experience at the D1 level. Um, he's had some success at the D1 level, right? Took fourth at the Big Ten Championships in 2021, the year Iowa won the national title. He was one of the qualifiers that year at the NCAA tournament. Um, that was at 184, right? Now he's down at his more optimal weight at 174. We'll see what happens. Um, So just something else to maybe monitor. I can understand why that might be penciled in as a lineup battle um, during the early portion of the season. 184, Abe Asad, back again, two-time NCAA qualifier, um, you know, has shown that he has um, plenty of All-American potential. He's a guy that absolutely can make the podium, um, you know, but again, it's one of those things where we kind of have to see it, right? And if Iowa wants to go where they want to go and believe that they can get to this year as a team, Abasad needs to take that step, right? He's got to be able to, you know, return to the form that he showed during his true freshman year when Tom removed his red shirt. Um, and I believe he's more than capable of that. He had a fantastic showing at the U23 National Championships over the summer. I know third place isn't what he wanted, um, but I saw a lot of really good things there, um, especially you know in the lead-up to the semifinals and especially after his semifinal loss. He was able to bounce back with some really, really big wins. Uh, 197, this is Jacob Warner, returning NCAA finalist, three-time All-American. Um, you know, he's, he's a top tier contender at one of the deepest weights in the country. And I, you know, I, I, when it comes to the most important time of the season, i.e. March, uh, Jacob Warner has shown time and again, that he's a guy that Iowa can absolutely rely on, um, to come through in big moments and help the team get to where they want to get to. Um, so he's, you know, his final year here. Um, so excited to kind of see what he can do with one final opportunity in the Hawkeye singlet. And then 285, Tony Cassiope, right? Two-time All-American, now a two-time U23 world medalist, the only two-time U23 world medalist in USA wrestling history. Um, and he's again, one of the top contenders at one of the deepest weights in the country and one of the most wide open weights in the the country. I think I would argue there's a lot of really good heavyweights nationally. Colton Schultz, Mason Paris, uh, Greg Kirkfleet, Tony Cassiope. Um, but the fact that G- Gable Steveson from Minnesota is no longer there, Tony Cassiope is absolutely one of those guys that if he's on in March, if he's on during those three crucial days in March at the NCAA tournament, he's absolutely a guy that could win this weight. And that would mean major, major team points for the Iowa Hawkeyes. All right, that's kind of the Iowa lineup as I see it. Um, Pretty straightforward, right? There's a lot of guys who are returning. Um, There's some new faces. And then there's just a couple of lineup battles I think worth, you know, let's keep an eye on these and and see what happens. Um, You know, and then ultimately when guys see, you know, sees the opportunity to to become the starters at those spots, what do they do with it, right? That's that's going to be a very important subplot in Iowa season this year. And, um, you know, one of the many, many things that we're going to be following over the course of the season. Okay, before I get to my final big takeaways from Iowa Wrestling Media Day, wanted to uh, drop in a couple of interviews here for you guys, both from Spencer Lee. Um, Spencer, obviously his return is, is a huge storyline for Iowa this season. Um, you know, the chase for a fourth NCAA team title, um, his health, 
all things of that nature. So we've got two separate interviews here for you guys. The first is um, just kind of when we walked into Media Day, um, we got to talk to Tom in the press conference, and then we all went down to the Iowa wrestling room to speak with the wrestlers. Um, and when everybody walked in immediately, and it was just this massive swarm of media jumping around Spencer, asking him questions. He probably talked for 20 minutes initially. Um, so we have bits and pieces from that interview here first. And then after that, I was able to get Spencer, just me and him one-on-one, where we talked about wrestling, obviously, but we also talked about a lot of other interesting things. He's a very unique character. Um, you know, Not only is he just this amazing, badass wrestler, but um, he's got a, lo- a lot of other outside wrestling interests. So talk to him about like eSports and e-gaming and um, you know, just tried to dive into that world a little bit. Talked to, you know, I was able to talk to Tony Cassiope before he left for the U23 World Championships about, um, you know, him playing Super Smash Brothers on his Switch. And so that's kind of where that, that part of the conversation opens. Um, and then we just kind of, we just kind of ride the wave and, and talk to Spencer about, you know, things that he doesn't probably normally get to talk about regularly in interviews. And so really enjoyed that, that conversation. So two separate Spencer Lee interviews here. The first one, um, which I found to be a little interesting, you know, he kind of explained, you know, how he was able to wrestle without ACLs, um, you know, what his health um, is at the moment, how he feels at the moment when he believes he'll be back, um, things of that nature. Um, and then we get to the fun interview right after that. So uh, Spencer Lee times two coming up next, and then we'll uh, we'll get to some bigger takeaways on the other end. Spencer, how are you physically? Because I'm good, man. Know I'm good, man. We're, we're, you know, it's every, no matter how you feel, it's always one day at a time and getting ready for season and getting ready for those, those, those first matches coming up. So they're coming up in like three weeks. So, Do you have a word or a phrase to describe your journey? <laughs> uh, man, that, that's a great question. Um, I would say it was, it, was, it was arduous would be a good word. You know, it was, it was long, arduous, you know, but in, in a good way. Like, I, I've, I've enjoyed it the entire time. You know, it didn't matter about injuries or whatnot because I always had the best staff and the best, you know, teammates that helped push me along the way to get me through this. So, but it was, it's been a long journey. I mean, six years in college, you know, I didn't redshirt, so I was, I was supposed to be four and done. And then the COVID year happened, and then I had, you know, injuries happen, and I had to miss last year. So that, that's, that's not the word I would describe. Are you as hungry as you were when you came in <laughs> six years ago? Oh, man, you have no idea. Okay. <laughs> this, I haven't even achieved even an iota of what I wanted to, so we're still working on it. So you're maybe even hungrier now than when you I've came? always been. I haven't, I haven't done anything that I've put my – I've never actually achieved the goal that I've set in my life. So if that gives you an idea of where I'm at. How the, physically – do you do it? So you wrestle with no ACLs and now they're repaired. Like what, what physical demands did that bring out of you and how can you actually do it? <laughs> what did the staff tell you? Well, so are you asking me how I wrestle without ACLs? Yes, and then essentially? how are you wrestling now? Okay, so the thing about wrestling without ACLs is is people always talked about pain. It's not as much the pain. Pain, pain is going to happen, obviously, when you have, you know, you know, interior cruciate ligament gone, right? But it's more like the fear of it giving out in random situations, because ACLs can give out any time. So when you only have one ACL tear, you can kind of compensate with the other leg. But when you had both, that's where like, there's no really compensation because you let's say you compensate on one leg and that gives out and then you go to step with the other leg and that gave out. Can you imagine that situation? Very, very hard, very difficult. And that's where the physical therapy came into play and you gotta keep your legs bent and keep strong. And if you're keeping your legs bent and you're keeping strong, less of a chance of your knees giving out, more of a chance of wrestling. The hardest part about wrestling with no ACLs was being unable to actually like explode, shoot, like wrestled how I'm used to wrestling uh, in any capacity, really. 
or in training. So th those are the, those are the difficulties that I would say that came with having no ACLs. But I could wrestle to some extent, and I was able to wrestle to an extent that I needed to, which is, you know, what I did, right? So. You're going after the four. Where does that matter now? Well, the thing is, it's uh, the, the next one's always the most important one. So it is the most important one because it is the next one. So, but but the thing is, yeah, four is a big deal. I would be the first to ever do it for Iowa. That's awesome. That's amazing. But for me, it's 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 getting through the season healthy. You know, wrestling as hard as I can and scoring as many points as I can, and in every match, and if I do that, then titles will come, and then those accolades can can be said, and then you guys can have a lot more questions for me, right? So, what do you see from these other guys in the room? I mean, this roster has evolved every time. Yeah, well, it's it's fun because this year there are 14 uh, freshmen and three transfers, so there are 17 new guys on 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 the team, and that's definitely been a difference for me because I've been used to the same guys that were here for a very long time, five years, almost all of them, right? So when you're used to that that same group of guys and a bunch of new guys come in, you know, it's it's like, what, what do I got to do? You know, Tom always says that maybe I'm more of like a player coach kind of thing. So like, I do try and talk to the guys, try and be like a, you know, some sort of a mentor to them. But I am also at the same time, you could say, I don't want to say selfish, but I am worried about myself more than anything because it is, is a team individual sport. It's team as in, we win as a team, but it's individual sport as in you wrestle as an individual, right? So I'm more focused on myself, but I would lo I love helping them and love seeing them develop and how they're, they've been growing as, as, as they are. It is fun because last time I saw like freshmen, our classes have been pretty small over the last five years that I've been here. This is the biggest class we've had and it, it shows that we're a young team and we're ready, we're, we're continuing to grow. And then when the, our three seniors leave, it's a whole new team basically. But you right? realize so. the impact you've made on this program since you've had, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I- mean, Someday I, we'll be talking about the Spencer Lee days. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, and uh, you know, to, for I say that is I'm not done yet, and I hope to leave more of a lasting impact in the program and and on and, out, on and off the mat as well. So, I was talking to him before he went to U23s. He apparently plays Smash on his Switch. He does. We play together. He kills me. Does he? Okay, that was that's what I was going to ask. Me. Who wins? Well, I taught him how to play. Oh, see, you're responsible for the I beast. I am. I am. But then he got addicted to the game and started watching and playing like pretty like hardcore. And, when you play a lot, I didn't play. I was just naturally good at the games because I didn't play a lot of these games. So I used to just murder him for like the first month or two we played. And then I didn't play for another year and I came back to him. He asked me to play him and he beat me so bad it wasn't even funny. And like, <laughs> and like you don't know much about the game, I'm sure. But like, they're, 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 it's called like disrespectful like things. You get When you kill someone in a disrespectful way, it's like... We're still talking Smash, right? Yeah, okay, Smash, I, pl right? I played Smash before. Yeah, now well, imagine every single time he kills you, he's disrespecting you or like... So, like, in my head, that's, like, the equivalent of, like, 56-0 in Madden. Well, kind of. It'd, it'd, like, it'd be more like, you know, every play he ran in Madden would be, like, I don't know, a trick play. Like, you just, every same play every time, and you just can't stop it kind of thing. See, th just like, to me, that's not disrespect. That's, you got to play better defense. But it's, like, it's just, like, but there's nothing you can do when he's that much better than you, you know? <laughs> like, he just beats the crap out of me, you know? I can, I can, like, you know, I can hold my own sometimes. Yeah. But it's only when he's, like really mess around too much who's the go-to smash character for you he likes he likes mario i play zelda okay okay yeah, so you like zelda. to go back and forth then or can zelda in the later no, games can no, zelda just zelda okay she, 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 she is a different character okay because well in melee you could yeah, yeah. yeah i know melee is a good game yeah that's see that's where my that's where, you, that's where i stopped okay, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah and then went wrong and ultimate. yeah see that was way too confusing for me so that's you know <laughs> yeah no he, he plays, i mean he plays all the characters Mario is his first main. Yeah, I got you. You're asking me gaming questions, so I'm, I'm getting more specific. Yeah, you're very, you're very, more, you're more animated when you answer gaming well, it's, questions. It's more of my world. 
That's I'm going to put a pen in that because I'm I'm very curious about that world. Um, well, as if the if questions you over the years. Me, if you ask me, like my dream job or my dream when I'm older would be to own an esports team and like run one like that. Now you got to be a multi, multi, multi millionaire, which will never happen as a wrestler. Well, not with that attitude. I mean, it'd be like, <laughs> you know, but uh, if I win everything and get some endorsement deals or something, you know, but uh, that would be like a dream of mine. Yeah, because uh, I don't watch t- sports. I watch esports. You know, yeah, I follow the game that he was talking about. That's the game I follow. You know, when I when I when I if if, you, if I met basketball and be an NBA player, I wouldn't really like. I'd like fist bump him and be like, cool. You know, <laughs> I met like Faker, who's the best player in the game I play. Yeah, I would probably be like actually like nervous. I'm not yeah. nervous about anyone. Like the sports. people that react to you, that's how you would react to him. I mean, similarly, I, I can see how they feel yeah. to some extent when I think of him not when I think of like LeBron or Michael Jordan because to them I know how they feel getting people and theirs is a million thousand times worse yeah. so I wouldn't even I would just I would just ignore them you know whereas like I, I can see why you know people are like that because I you know, if I met Faker I'd be like that is the go yeah. that is the guy that we all aspire to be like in that game you know? Is e-gaming like is that like just a super niche world similar to wrestling but just like a different type of niche world? It's it, it's it's gotten pretty popular. I mean, okay. I mean there are at, there are esports athletes and esports yeah. players. Well, and there's um, esports programs, right? Like yeah, there's yeah. Well, there are esports players in league that have million dollar contracts. That's impressive. You know, I didn't and realize that's that. their contract, not their sponsorships. And, and then the esports teams are sponsored by BMW, Mercedes Benz, Toyota, Honda, like all these big companies. You know. Dude, you picked the wrong path. <laughs> I'm not good enough, man. Listen, the, the, the prime age for an esports player is like 17 to 22. Oh, so you missed your prime window. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, uh, I'd be an old man in esports. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Completely different world. Yeah. So, well, so I can, I'll, I'll try and own one one day. <laughs> It'll probably never happen, but that's a good, it's a goal of mine. You know? I like that. Um, actual wrestling question. Yeah. Um, kind of piggybacking off the last comment there. Do you feel like the old man in this room? I mean, I am the oldest guy on the team, and they all kind of call me grandpa now because of the camera. <laughs> so they always make me feel like you took a spot, you know. But uh, it, it is different, you know. I really thought I'd be done in four years, so yeah. I should have been done, you know, 18 to 22, right? So even 21, actually. So 17 to 21 is when I got to college. So should have been done two years ago. Yeah. So that, and everyone, I mean, people complain a lot about me being older, but the thing is, is I never registered. I wrestled every year that I could. Then I had a medical, and then the COVID. So there's nothing that I could have done about that. Yeah. You can't, I, I don't want to be 24 wrestling in college. <laughs> Everyone thinks I want to be 24 wrestling in college. No, I want to be 22, 21, the oldest wrestling in college. Like it should have been, because I never registered. Yeah. You know, my goal was four and done and get into my international career. Instead, I COVID ruined the one year, the last tournament. I missed, you know, and I had five matches left in my you know, career, basically. And then I couldn't compete because I was too injured. So. What do you want me to do, man? <laughs> you want me to not take the one year that I could, you know, potentially make history? Like, people are just, I think people are a little, a little just unrealistic, so. Yeah, that's just, you know, outside noise. That happens. I don't care. I'm, I want to, I'm trying to support my team, my, my, my family, my everyone, you know, achieve the goal I set as an eight-year-old kid. Yeah. You know? And I'm not, I don't care what people think. But it is, it is annoying when everyone's like, yeah, but he's 36. It's like, <laughs> I'm not even that old, man, like. Middle age, not middle age. <laughs> what is what's what's the season gonna look like for you, man? Like I know coming back from the double surgery thing, um, it sounds like it's gonna be like an easing the way in. Is that the right yeah, way to describe well, I it? Mean, we're just gonna take it one day at a time, like we've always been doing it. You know, Tom Tom is very very about the individual. And what's 
best for him. So yeah. I'll be leaning on my staff for what they think is the best process for that. Is you know, it is it is coming up, so we do have to make decisions pretty quick. But yeah, you know, we're not really worried about it. You know, I've proven myself. I've wrestled a lot of college seasons. <laughs> so, I, I think I, I think people need to understand that I I, I can do it. You know. So, yeah. Well, ideally, when would you like to be back? Well, I mean, as soon as possible. I mean, I, I, it's frustrating because this might be the first time in a long time where I wrestled in a carver with fans. So the more I wrestle in a carver with fans, the better for me. So. <laughs> what? Uh, I, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is um, this offseason you found the weight room, which in my head, I'm like, bro, that's scary for other 25-pounders, right? Like, what was that? What, what's that been like for you, just really kind of diving into that world a little bit, or at least sharing that part of your world? It was world. kind of fun. Um, because, like, the thing is, like, I am kind of freaky strong there because, like, I've never really lifted before. I've always done, like, team lifts, like, that just, like, you know, a burn, like, curl to pull up to climb rope after practice maybe. But, like, I've never, like, lifted. So it was, yeah. it was fun having, like, a lifting sheet because I've had three different strength coaches that have been here and uh, none of them have ever got me a lift. <laughs> they just kind of gave up. They're like, yeah, he does his own thing, you know. Go, go do your pull-ups and muscle-ups like I always did, you know. Very, very rarely, really, but so it, it was just different, you know, doing like controlled stuff, and like, because that's all I could do. I, I couldn't do anything with my knees, so yeah. But. How, uh, I mean, in the times that you've been on the mat, have you been able to feel that extra strength? Ah, uh, maybe. I mean, I, I, Dennis says I feel strong, so yeah. well, I, think, I mean, hey, that's I one example, right? <laughs> I wasn't sure, like, you know, like, asking Tony, for example, like, last year he went through that transformation. Where do you feel it the most? And he's, like, you know, just getting to positions faster, able to finish things faster. I wasn't sure if there was something similar for you. Uh, I, I mean, I've always felt stronger than my opponents, so I don't know if it would really be that different. Yeah. But. Well, I guess in my head it's like, oh, Spencer's already freakishly strong. Now he found the weight room. Good luck, uh, right? I don't, know if really, I don't know if weight room really is, like, that big of a factor. You know, maybe it is. Yeah. We'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, last question for you. A handful of new faces are probably going to be in the lineup this year. Yeah. I know you're a lead by example type of guy. Um, at what point do you want to see a lot of these pieces start to come together? Um, well, I mean, they, they got they got not a lot of time. So they got three weeks to our first match, right? So um, I get the Sunders cranking. You know, they this is a, this is the time to be ready. You know, we're really getting ready right now. So our practice today. Probably be a good one, you know. We had yesterday off, so it'll be a good tough one today, probably, because you know we're getting ready for those matches, like they're the biggest in the world. So, and those guys, they they're gonna get that first taste of Carver and the nerves and the fans, and they're gonna have to be ready to go. So, 100. Always great catching up with Spencer Lee. I hope you guys enjoyed, um, you know, the, the two-part interview. I guess that's what that's what you could call it there. You know, I wanted to include some of the things that he said when he was kind of swarmed by everybody, um, you know, in the Iowa media contingent there initially. Um, but then obviously, I, I, you know, I wanted to catch up with him one-on-one because, we, you know, him and I have had some really good conversations over the course of his Iowa wrestling career. And um, I wanted to clue you guys into, um, you know, just, some, you know, that, that, that other side of Spencer, you know, not the... Um, you know, the rustler, the killer. I know that that's stuff that you guys absolutely want to hear from every possible chance. But, um, you know, there's another side to him that it's always fun to kind of see. And, um, you know, when we're able to have those conversations, um, you know, I, I, it's just it seems like, you know, as someone who covers him regularly, a little bit of a breath of fresh air um, just to kind of see him. 
um, you know, open up about other things that interest him that aren't wrestling related because you can you can tell in his voice there that he was really excited to talk about a few of those other things. I know in previous media day recap pods, I've had like three big takeaways. Um, and I feel like I've probably hit on a few of them that I would have saved for this portion of the show. Um, when we went through the lineup, right? Like why I feel like Colin Schriever for now is probably the guy or has the inside track to be the guy at 133, why I have absolutely no clue what's going on at 157 and why I think, you know, Nelson Brands is probably, you know, inside track to be the leadoff guy at 174. But it will be interesting to see what Brennan Swafford can do with the opportunity. I think the last big takeaway I had from Iowa Wrestling Media Day, guys, is that this Iowa team has reloaded. There is a, this ain't a rebuild, right? They have a lot of returning firepower with Spencer and Warner and Cassiope. They've got returning experienced guys like Abasad and Max Murin. They've got the addition of Real Woods. They've got Patrick Kennedy stepping in. He's going to be an immediate impact guy. Um, and then obviously we've talked plenty about 33 and 57. Um, I think big picture, massive big picture, these Hawkeyes are going to go as far as some of these new guys are going to take them, right? And that means Colin Schriever at 33 if he ends up being the guy or if it ends up being Brody Teske and Jesse Ibarra. Um, that means Patrick Kennedy. Um, that means whoever wins at 157. That also means Abasad and Max Mirren, right? Um, if we're really going to call this a reload and not a rebuild, we're under the presumption that Iowa is chasing another national title, which is, you know, the program, like that's what they do year in and year out. That's always their goal. They state that as their goal. That's what they're going to try to do every single year. I'm not sure if Iowa has the horses to hang with Penn State this year, but that's not me saying they can't. I think what's going to be really interesting about this season is as the season unfolds, will a path materialize for the Hawkeyes to make a true, honest run at Penn State. We're obviously going to learn a ton when Iowa duels Penn State at the end of January. That's going to be in-state college at the Bryce Jordan Center. That's going to reveal a lot to us. Um, but over the course of the season, can guys like Colin Schriever, if he's the guy at 33, what's his ceiling look like? Um, Patrick Kennedy, you know, we talked about how deep heavyweight was, um, 165, equally as deep, tremendously top heavy. Where does Patrick Kennedy fit into the, the pecking order of that and how much, um, firepower can he bring to a weight that is very, very deep? Um, same thing for 157, whoever emerges, what's their ceiling look like? Um, you know, in, in the, you know, I, I, another idea that's kind of floated around in my head a little bit is like if 157 doesn't unfold the way Tom Brands would like it to unfold, does he potentially turn to Aiden Riggins, true freshman from Waverly Shell Rock? Um, a lot of you guys know him by now, two-time state champ, junior freestyle national champ. Um, he's been in the finals at both the U15 and the Cadet World Team Trials. Um, you know, with the red shirt rule, is Aiden Riggins going to get a look? And how does his development help him um, you know, could that be could that be the answer at 57 by the end of the year? I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's a thought that's rolling through my head. Um, you know, for Iowa to get to where they want to go, Spencer's got to be Spencer. Ta Tony Cassiope has to be Tony Cassiope. Jacob Warner has to be Jacob Warner. Guys like Max Mirren and Abe Assad need to take that step forward. Real Woods probably needs to be a top four, maybe even an NCAA finalist at a very wide open weight at 141. Um, I think over the course of a se the season. Um, a championship path might reveal itself. And I don't think it's going to reveal itself in November or December. I think it's going to reveal itself in January and February, which is why I would stress to those of you who are fans of the Iowa wrestling program, patience. 
It's okay if they don't have their best team on November 13th against California Baptist. It's okay if they don't have their best team when they open Big Ten competition against, um, I believe that's Purdue and Illinois. Um, It's okay. You know, there's a lot of pieces that need to come together for this Iowa team, I think, to really honestly compete with what Penn State's got going on over in State College. I believe the Nittany Lions are the team to beat this year. I I think there will be a path that reveals itself for Iowa over the course of the year, um, it just may not reveal itself immediately. And so that'll be a very interesting thing, I think, for this Iowa team this season. I think that's the lens through which I will be watching and covering this team this season is, you know, you know how, how does Colin's progression come along at 33? I keep using him, but, you know, if it's Brody Teske, if it's Jesse Ibarra, if it's Colin Shriver, what's their progression look like? Um, Patrick Kennedy, how does he fold into 65? Can Abasad and Max Mirren take that step forward? Um, you know, can the Hammers be Hammers, right? Spencer, Woods, Warner, Big Cass, um, 57. What can they get from that weight, right? Um, just a lot of intriguing little subplots that are really part of the bigger picture here for the Iowa wrestling program. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of the big takeaway here. How does this puzzle come together and can this be, um, you know, a puzzle worthy of an NCAA team title? I think it's out there. I'm not sure I know hundred percent what it looks like. And that's going to be one of the interesting things I think to follow this season is just seeing what that looks like over the course of the season. And again, May not be something we know until January, February. And I think that has to be okay. They're not going to come out like gangbusters in November and December. And that has to be okay. But we'll see kind of what the championship path looks like for these Hawkeyes over the course of the season. Um, And it'll be interesting to kind of see how that reveals itself. Um, So, yeah, those are kind of my big takeaways. Um, I know we hit on a lot of them um, when we ran through the lineup, but that's kind of those are kind of the big picture thoughts I have about the Hawkeyes coming into this season. Wanted to wrap up today's show with a handful more interviews. We've heard from Tom. We've heard from Spencer. The interviews I have coming up lined up for you now. Um, We're going to go in this order. Jacob Warner, Patrick Kennedy, Real Woods and Colin Shriver caught them all at various points in media day. Was able to turn that into podcast audio for you here. Um, So, yeah, we'll run through them in that order. Warner, Kennedy, Woods. Shriver, um, and then I'll see you guys on the other side to wrap up today's show. How is it different this year not having some guys that were in this lineup for a long time? Yeah, I mean, Marinelli was in the lineup for five years, Cameron Young. Uh, it's, it's nice. I don't want to say it's nice to have him out of the lineup because obviously I still want him here, you know, but it's nice to bring new guys in. It's get a fresh face, fresh feel, stuff like that, and um, give guys a chance and the thing about having them in the program for so long is they left the foundation that uh, the other guys have to live up to if you're filling one of those weight classes you got big shoes to fill and I think that's a great thing um, and luckily we have guys who are up to that challenge and who are going to be national title winners and contenders and even if the common people haven't heard of them yet by the end of the season I know what they're about Jay, do you feel like you're you know, moving into that leadership role is it different than maybe in the years past? Luckily, I'm on a team where leadership doesn't come with age. Um, Spencer Lee's been the leader of this team since I was a freshman, you know, and it's the same thing. Marinelli was a leader as a freshman, so I don't, I don't feel like I have to be a leadership to these guys because they take control of their own destiny and they take control of themselves, and I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to worry about whether they're doing the right thing or not. Um, obviously, I am older, so I would say, yeah, I'd probably take on some sort of leadership role as, like, some guys come talking about certain different things, but... Um, I trust all of them to make their decisions and 
they're doing a pretty damn good job at it. From from March until now, you know, what what are some of the things that you you've had to work on, you want to work on to get better for this season? Uh, just dealing with demons, you know, just dealing with what happened, uh, being that close and realizing that I still have that potential, still have that ability to be on top of the podium and um, technical things in the room, mental things outside of the room. It's just, it all brings, it all comes together at one and it might not come together today, what, October, whatever, 29th or 28th, whatever it is, but come March 19th, that's when it needs to be together. Feel like the old guy? Sometimes, sometimes, because <laughs> I'll tell stories and people on the team don't know who I'm talking about. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I gotta explain who that is now. You know, um, the team's changed a lot since I've been here. But no, I still feel like the young guy. I still feel like the learner. You know, I'm still the, I'm still learning. I'm not, I'm not a finished product by any means, and it's a good thing to be. Yeah. When you talk about like the tactical things that you take into the offseason to work on, like was there anything specific after last season that you kind of honed in on? or Just wrestling where I'm best. Realizing, I mean, I probably didn't realize where I was good at wrestling until after Big Tens. And that's like crazy to say, but like talk to Tom and Terry, like my growth between Big Tens and Nationals was huge. And it wasn't because I did a whole lot different. You know, it wasn't because, oh, he got tougher. Oh, he wanted to win more. No, I've always wanted to win. It was just realizing oh I'm really good in this spot or I'm not really good in this spot like I got to change that and then just that little switch is what kind of made me like open my eyes and be like wow I, I I I know how to wrestle now yeah was that like a, a last year specific thing or is that something you maybe experience various points in the calendar the last few years uh yeah I mean there's all throughout every year there's one little thing you pick up on throughout the year um and that's kind of the goal you're not gonna you're not gonna get better overnight you know but maybe one day it clicks and then you go on two weeks of it not clicking, and it clicks again, and then it clicks a week later again. You know, so um, just trying to figure out and turn those pebbles, turn those pebbles over, turn those stones over to figure out what what can help my wrestling is best. Yeah, I know they were joking about being a leader, um, but that seems like an easy lesson to maybe relate to some of the younger guys and or some of the newer guys that are going to be in the lineup this year, right? Yeah, we have leaders. Patrick Kennedy's a leader, you know, and <laughs> he's his first year in the lineup. He's been here for three years, but he's a leader, you know, and. He's a young guy in the lineup. Colin Schriever's a leader. You know, it's doesn't age doesn't matter on this team. You know, we have guys that train hard, compete hard, and when you have two young guys like that, it's pretty easy to get behind them. It's pretty easy to look over and see Patrick Kennedy and Colin Schriever working their balls off and be like, oh, I got to pick it up as a six year. You know, and I get a foot in my ass every once in a while too, and um, that's healthy. That's healthy for the team. That's healthy for healthy for me. Absolutely. Um, last question. Most important question. How is fantasy football going these first few weeks? It's horrible. <laughs> I'm two and five in our ESPN league, and although I did win last week, hey, so there you go. I won right. last week. My team riddled with injuries. Javante Williams got hurt. Hollywood Brown got hurt. My team's garbage. So, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on a come up. I think I can sneak into the playoffs. We have a 12-man league. I think I can sneak in at sixth place. Okay. But I gotta like win out. I gotta have. A, <laughs> I gotta have a good rest of the year. But the problem is, I've scored the second most points. In the league, but just everybody has their best but week against the, you. I've had three, the third most points scored against me. Mm. So I'm just sitting here like, what am I supposed to do here? I'm, I'm performing. <laughs> it's just not. I'm just not getting the outcome I want. So kind of like wrestling. Kind of relates to that a lot. Hey, there you go. But no, luckily in the Bears, I saw on ESPN they're in the hunt for the playoffs. So. That's, I mean, in the NFC, yes. You know, yeah. you look at the state of the conference. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Just get there, right? Yeah, get there. Get there and anything can happen. Yeah. Kind of like wrestling. Yeah, exactly. So. 
culture. Work is fun and do it, so now it's, um, you know, yeah. hype or people are excited about it, so I'm just excited to go out there for showing. Well, what was the hardest part about, I guess, waiting your turn? Um, well, it wasn't necessarily about waiting my turn, you know, last year was me more lose, lost that match, an important match. Wrestle off or not, it was an important match against my own teammate, and that um, that hurt a lot. There's a lot of emotion behind that. There's, there was another 600, 360 day wait, so I'm excited to get out there. Coach says you're going to be the fan favorite or one of the fan favorites. You know, just tell us why that why they could expect a good show. Uh, I feel like I like to try to go out there and impose my will on the other guy. It's kind of how I raise and bring out my parents. And then wrestling in high school, I scored a bunch of points. Now wrestling now, I try to score a bunch of points. And so hopefully I can go out there and give the fans what they want to see. In this room over the years, you know, what's, what do you think has been like the biggest learning moment, thing that you've improved from since high school? Um, just probably honesty in this room. Honesty is a big thing. Just um, honest relationships are awesome we have in here. You know, when we need to hear something, we hear it, and that can really help a person grow. It helped me grow. You know, there's no beating on the bush. I mean, I need to hear it whether I like it or not. It was good. So that's what I've grown the most from here. You got a lot of matches last year. You got tested against all Americans. What What did you get out of the year? What did you learn? What did you take away that you felt like you needed to improve upon coming into this year? Um, just finished matches. You know, I think that was kind of a big one. I lost two close ones at um, the scuffle, and just cap those matches. You know, you get that leg, just put them down and finish, and just stay in there. And um, those matches were good to be a part of because I definitely I learned a lot in those and. Um, you know, two of those are in scuffle, I got the right, the wrong, and I think I saw growth there, and so I'm just excited to get back out there with those guys. Sorry if you've been through this already, but, you know, what's the mindset kind of replacing somebody that was a fan favorite that's been a part of the a staple of this lineup for quite a few years? Yeah, people love watching Marinelli wrestle because he went out there, he fought hard, he wrestled hard, he put it on the line, so step right behind that, I don't expect to do anything less. And I just want to go out there and I can set it pull my will and try to score as many points as I can and get my hand raised every single time. Does it feel like it's been even longer? Because like you committed like after your sophomore year. Like yeah. people have been waiting for this for a while. Does it feel that long to you? I feel like it feels pretty long to some of us. Uh yeah, it might feel that long to people. I mean I don't know, me being able to, I mean, I'm like in the element, you know, I'm kind of the dude that's been waiting on, it's maybe a little different for me, but um, <laughs> yeah, I committed just after my sophomore year of high school, and so that was coming up in five years ago. That's crazy. Yeah, and so. Um, you can grow a full beard now. You're I an old man. I know, <laughs> I know, but um, it's exciting, you know, there's behind those five years, there's a lot of sweat behind those five years and learning curves. and. Just getting better, getting tougher, and so I think it's gonna be pretty exciting. Yeah. How do you? I mean, obviously, the last couple of years you were still in high school, but like these last two years specifically, like yeah. what what has helped you like get through the weight, if that's like the way to phrase it, I guess. Um, I mean, 
my, my first year was kind of, uh, it was really a big learn. I was learning a bunch, this and that, you know, learning to become, living on my own, being a student and wrestling and taking care of things that you need to take care of. And then last year, I mean, I thought I was ready to go and I, mean, I obviously was not because I didn't win that match. And so now, this, the last weight, it definitely it hurt more. It was, it was, I don't know, agony is the right word or whatnot, but um, it's just, it was more fuel to the flame, just ready to go. So I put that behind me. As in, you know, yeah, I lost the spot. The spot was gone. And, but now, put it behind me, it still motivates me to get back out there. So Yeah. The did, you, did you have, like, conversations with, like, Tom or the staff afterward? Just kind of like, hey, like, what, what do you do from here so that, you know, when we get to now, you're ready? Um, yeah, a little bit. But the, the talk was, you know, you stay ready because the sport where dudes get hurt and, Dudes get taken out, this and that, you know, life things can happen. And so it was always staying ready and, you know, just staying ready. Yeah. How much does, you know, watching guys like Marinelli, Young, Kemmerer, um, you know, give you an idea of like, okay, this is how I need to approach things when, when I am that guy? Um, it's kind of a hard question because everybody is both approaches the sport a little different. Yeah. Some guys are more like a free soul. Some guys are more like these like they get angry you know like cat kind of things where like yeah you kind of do that, i just you know you take a little bit from each guy you add a little bit to your arsenal every day and every match when you're not out to wrestling and so i learned a lot from all these guys yeah was there like one guy that you kind of gravitated toward more than others or uh me kevin was a great great partner for me he's a great mentor he's a great friend a great brother and so i learned a lot Kevin on and off the mat in the room Offense, defense, top, bottom, everything. So, so Kemmer was a great guy. We said to see but he's awesome. Absolutely. Last question, most important question. What's the walkout song? Uh, I can tell you yet. Oh, come it's on, by, man. By Rob Zombie. <laughs> so you're going to leave us to guess that? Yep. Righteous. Before we get to the NCAA tournament, and I'm uh, a wrestler who really builds on you know, the feel of my opponents, and I think that... It's gonna, it's gonna hold a lot of benefit for me. Stepping into this room as a guy that's established in college wrestling, but coming into new territory, how have you, you tried to, to navigate that space? Is you know maybe being a leader, but also being a new guy as well. Yeah, you know, really building relationships with the guys first and foremost. You know, coming in as somebody who, you know, yeah, they know me by my name, but they don't know who I am yet, and. You know, establishing those relationships early on has been really important for me. And uh, once I build these relationships, then I can really establish myself as a leader because I do want to be a leader in this team. Anything surprise you about Tom and Terry once you've been in here? Uh, seeing them every how day. How funny they are, honestly. <laughs> Very funny guys. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's just a lot of like stereotype Tom and Terry brands, style, hard, you know, always serious, whatever. Like. They're, they're some funny individuals, and they're really, really great to talk to. I can carry on a conversation with them day in and day out, as I do. Yeah, a lot of conversations. What are you most excited for in being able to put on that black and single to step out there the for 14,000? The fans. Simply the fans, and to get, that fan, get those fans roaring, because uh, I'm going to put on a show. so. I'm excited for uh, uh, all the support behind me. You know, the, 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 you know that this sport needs some more excitement as a whole. But uh, you know, all I can do and you know the platform that I have is myself and my performance. So 
I'm gonna go out there and put on the biggest show that I can for uh, all this. Did you ever come to any duels here with Izzy? Yeah, yeah, I did. I came to one uh, real early. I think I was a freshman in high school. And it was unlike anything I'd ever seen, you know, in the wrestling world. Uh, I went to, like, Tulsa National as a junior. But, like, that's it's just not comparable. There's nothing comparable to it. So I'm excited to get back to that because it's not it's not like a vivid memory. You know, how I felt in that moment and being at the duel was incredible but like I want to really I want to just get back to that feel what it's you know I'm still having I still haven't experienced the whole the whole lot of what it's about who were the Hawkeyes wrestling then do you remember what's that who were the Hawkeyes wrestling that night um I don't remember I don't I'm sure we probably covered this already but what made this the right move what made this the right time for this move the right time Okay. What made it the right move and what made it the right time are two different questions. I'll answer the right time. I can answer both if you like. Um, what made it the right time was the fact that I got my degree and the fact that it was time for me to think about my future on the wrestling first and foremost. And uh, having gotten my degree at Stanford, you know, that was my goal. That was my dream. And I accomplished that dream, checked that box, and it's time to move on. So I moved on to the my next, you know, my next dream, and that's an NCAA title, and put my put myself in the best spot to accomplish that. And then to answer uh, uh, why here, um, you know, a lot of it was a leap of faith, and you know, there were there were a few options, but I I had known, you know, I was, I've been around now the college wrestling scene, and and you know, I decided that this this might, you know, it might there was a strong enough. Uh, <laughs> There's a strong enough evidence that I felt like it would fit my style, personality, etc. most, and thankfully it has, and it, ex it has exceeded my expectations. There's been a lot of transfers that have come to Iowa and have found some success, right? Jaden, Lugo, DeSanto. Did that weigh on your mind at all when you were kind of going through that process again? Or? Uh... Actually, didn't think much of it, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, it's hard to answer because I really didn't think much of it at all. Okay. Well, that's fair. Um, well, I guess the, the second part of that was just, you know, we've seen a lot of transfers in college wrestling. You know, guys go to a new school and they make an immediate impact and it helps the team, you know, in a lot of different ways, right? We've seen it here, Penn State, you know, a lot of those trophy teams. Do you feel like you can do the same thing here? Absolutely. Yeah. Was that part of the conversation when I guess Tom, Tom and Morningstar came out to see you? Oh, absolutely. You know, I want to. I don't only want to win for myself. I want to win for my team, and I want to win for the fans. You know, and I'm here to represent Iowa wrestling. I'm not here to just represent Real Woods. Yeah. You know? That that was a big part of it coming here. You know, and uh, when you think about the other options that I had, you know, Iowa was, is the biggest. You know biggest the biggest wrestling culture that you can think of you know just growing up it was it was always that most prominent school uh in the wrestling community so it's an honor being here and it's going to be and it's an honor being able to represent iowa wrestling how excited were you when you know they announced it second year in a row season tickets sold out before we even get to the first duel like oh that's like something i didn't even like i don't know it just seems like uh to me i'm like I'm, I look at that and I'm just like, wow. Because being at Stanford, it's like, what? 
will never sell out, you know? Right. And that's no knock on Stanford, yeah. but that's knock on Stanford wrestling community because, you know, wrestling's a beautiful sport and, and out there in the West Coast, we need it, we need it, it needs to grow. But, um, like I said, you know, seeing that was just like, wow, it's crazy. And that's just one little uh, glimpse into how big Iowa wrestling is, and I haven't even begun. Yeah, right. Seen, you know, quite a big change over a lot of incoming guys this year. What do you think about having, you know, a lot of young guys, especially a lot of young Iowa guys that you've probably been around a lot going back to high school? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, especially with TJ, we got a lot of TJ's guys, so I think that says a lot to him, says a lot about the guys that are coming up through him, and it's awesome to have, like, like big freshman class, a lot of new personalities, a lot of a lot of people I've known, some people I don't know who I do now, so it's uh, awesome to have them all here. Do you kind of feel like one of the leaders being one of TJ's guys, and now you got so many of them kind of kind of following you, but they're obviously making their own decision to come here? Um, I don't know exactly how I see it. I think I lead by example, and I think that I also lead verbally with them too. I mean, if there's any, if they ever have a question or anything. Or any, like I mean, I've been around for three years, so I don't know everything, but I can kind of guide them a little bit, kind of from my experience and the standards of the program. So I don't know. It's just been an awesome time with them. I'm glad everyone's here. I asked PK something similar, but it's been a while since like you know you committed, you joined the program. Um, how have you been passing that time while like waiting, right? Yeah, I mean. I wouldn't say really waiting is the right word because yeah. every day since I've been here, you train to win national titles. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like, like the standard of the program. That's how I'm wired. So, I don't know, a lot of time's gone by, but it's not like it's been unfocused time. Like, like the focus is still the same, and that's winning national titles whether I'm in the lineup or not. So, 100%. Where do you feel like you've grown the most since you first stepped foot in this room? Uh, mentally, probably, for sure. I mean... The physical, the physical attributes and stuff are there. I see it all over your face, I mean, man. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, for sure. But I think just the mental, mental part of things. I don't know. Just learning how to, not learning how to do anything, but like learning about myself and what I'm capable of doing. I think is the biggest, biggest thing for biggest like area of growth for me. So. Yeah. What uh, what have you learned about yourself? Because this this room will teach you a lot, right? Yeah, I mean. I mean, there's times where stuff will go good, and it teaches me I can't get too high, I can't get too low, because there's times in the room where I'll have a really good day, and then there's some days where someone gets the best of you. That's an understatement. So, I mean, not getting too high, not getting too low. You know, trying to do what I can do to stay consistent, controlling what I can control, and just all those stuff, like those little things, they all add up all the time. So. Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, known you a long time and this has been a lifelong dream like this season to have this opportunity to step into the starting lineup and represent the Hawks how cool is it knowing that you're I mean you're right there yeah I mean it's I've always wanted to do this so and I've done what it takes to put myself in this position so now it's just time to capitalize on the opportunity and go have fun wrestle for myself my teammates the fans everyone so I'm excited for it that's for sure
That's all we got today, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. We'll have two more shows for you next week. But in the meantime, be sure to rate and review the show on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin and Instagram, Cody J. Goodwin. And of course, be sure to subscribe to catch all my videos, mailbags, analysis, and stories. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon. 